You're listening to the Art Cityscape. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art Cityscape podcast. We're happy that you're listening. This is another episode where Mayor Matt Packard will sit down to discuss a topic that you've had questions about with a staff member. Specifically, today's episode is about Google Fiber, and the mayor will discuss with Bruce Riddle, our finance director and assistant city administrator, a little bit about the background of Springville's agreement with Google Fiber, the impacts of the network coming in, and a little bit about the timeline. This episode is not an advertisement for Google Fiber, but instead the mayor and Bruce will discuss how Springville's approach to getting a fiber to the home network has been different than that of many of our neighbors and how that will be a benefit to you whether you decide to sign up for Google Fiber or not. With that, here is that discussion. Well, we appreciate the chance to be able to come and do podcasts uh, with the citizens again. We're going to do Google Fiber today. I've asked Bruce Riddle if he would come from the city and be able to describe a little bit about Google Fiber and how it will affect you as citizens. So first of all, I'd like to ask Bruce if he would just take a moment and introduce himself and uh, let you become a little more acquainted with him. So, Bruce. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I'm Bruce Riddle. I'm the finance director for the city and also uh, assistant city administrator. So I run the finance department most of the days of the week, but I also have the library and the golf course and the power department that report to me. But maybe the more pertinent part to today's discussion is um, the first 10 or 11 years of my career I spent in Provo and actually worked for the power department there. And we rolled out a fiber to the home network while I worked there at the power department. So I've got some experience with municipally owned fiber uh, networks. Um, But I've been here at the city for about 12 years and out of that business a little bit, but, I, but I've got some background with fiber. Well, and, and not to get into the weeds in relationship to Provo, but theirs was an independent one that they ran themselves and then they sold to Google. So you have some experience kind of on both sides of that. Yeah, maybe a little bit of history there. Probably in the late 1990s, um, municipal fiber optic projects started to crop up around the country. Mm-hmm. And largely those happened in smaller communities, uh, rural communities, communities that were being underserved by incumbent providers like Quest and Comcast. Um, And those communities felt like they were at an economic disadvantage because they didn't have some of the technology that their larger neighboring cities might have had. And so many of them were public power cities, much like Springville is. We own our own power company. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of those power companies actually use fiber as part of the communication system for the electric grid within Mm -hmm. the system. So it was sort of a natural extension, given that much of the infrastructure for the power department was already in place to just lay fiber on top of that and then extend it out to homes and allow people to connect to the fiber network and have internet connectivity. Uh, In Utah, the first projects I think that started were our neighbors to the south in Spanish Fork. They're a public power city, and they, they built a hybrid system was part fiber, part coax, and they were one of the, maybe the earliest in the state that built a project. Right about the same time, um, Provo was studying a fiber to the home build out that mirrored many of the ones that were cropping up around the nation. And then there was a consortium of cities 
uh, that's now known as Utopia. That originally was about 11 cities that joined together with the idea that they would um, be able to reach some economies of scale by having many cities join together and build out those fiber networks. And so those construction on those projects started in the early 2000s. Um, there have been some changes in state law that have sort of guided how they've developed over time. Spanish Fork was able to be grandfathered in and exempt from some of the restrictions in state law. Uh, Provo and these other utopia cities were subject to those uh, laws. And then there's been a period of time where there really haven't been a lot of new projects built, but we've noticed in the last um, five or six years sort of a renewed interest. And I would say in the last couple of years with uh, COVID in particular, people noticed really the the importance of having good connectivity at your home so that you can work from home, participate in school from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having some reliable high-speed internet at the home is has become increasingly important, I think, over the last couple of years. Well, you've been here at Springville for uh, a number of years since Provo. 15 right. years? 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. <clears throat> well, during that 12 years, I'm sure there's been many requests from the citizens in relationship to putting in a cable system. What, what's been the thought process behind looking at it as opposed to not doing it? What, what's been the, the, the elected officials' uh, point of view? There has been a lot of interest. Um, when we do our uh, biannual citizen surveys, every year uh, high-speed internet connection has been one of the top three or four priorities of citizens within the city, which I think has left an impression with the elected officials thinking, oh, we probably need to address this if it's a concern of our citizenry. The real question is, who should solve that problem? Is that a role of government? Is that a role of private enterprise? And up till now, the city of Springville has made the decision that that really is a role of uh, the private sector as opposed to the public sector offering that. And the primary reason behind that probably is just the business model and the economics around it. Most of these projects that have been built come laden with significant debt. And Springville, as a general statement has been quite averse to debt and just takes a conservative approach to uh, finances generally. And so I think city councils um, for the last number of years have studied it closely, see the importance of having the connection, but have determined to let the private sector operate in a field where they feel that the private sector should operate and have the city avoid the debt and the risk of the business model. So just to kind of fill out that, or finish out that idea, <clears throat> if Springville were to put its own cable system in, it may be an unfair question, but if you can just give an estimate, roughly how many millions of dollars would the city have to borrow in order to make that happen? Is there is there a way to estimate that or to give the citizens an idea? Yeah, I think a rough idea. And again, I've been out of it for a number of years, so there's been inflation and a lot of things have changed and technologies changed. But when... Provo built its system. It was about a $40 million uh, build-out project. Springville's roughly a third of the size of of Provo, but we've also had now 15, 18 years probably that's gone by since then. So I would estimate now probably 15, 16, 17 million dollars for the city to build out a fiber network 
in Springville. So mm-hmm. that's a fairly significant debt uh, for the city to take on. Okay, thank you. Well, can you kind of walk through for the citizens and help them understand this opportunity that's come from Google, how it happened, so that they might be able to see, and then we'll talk a little bit about the benefit to the individual um, homeowner. So sort of the interesting part about this is after I left uh, Provo, um, Provo City actually sold its fiber network to Google Fiber. And Google was making a nationwide push to um, implement fiber optic systems in cities throughout um, throughout the country. And actually had a campaign going for quite a while where cities could apply to be the next Google City, and it was quite competitive. Mm. Um, and so it was quite a badge of honor to be selected by Google as a Google Fiber City. And big cities, small cities, medium-sized cities competed fiercely to get Google to come in and build a fiber optic network. Um, so Provo had uh, the opportunity to sell to Google and did that. Uh, it would have been back in about 2010, I believe. Um, and then shortly thereafter, Google announced plans to expand into the Salt Lake area. And they've been working on Salt Lake build-outs intermittently for the last uh, 10 or 11 years. And there are quite a few um, cities in Salt Lake Valley that have Google Fiber um, available today. Naturally, with Springville being immediately south of Provo, right. it seemed like a natural extension. And we approached Google at the time and said, hey, we're right next door to the south. Why don't you just extend your network to us? And um, they were interested, but we're pretty focused on uh, sort of redesigning and bringing Provo system up to their standards and uh, implementing some new technology there and sort of put us on the back burner for a little while. But to answer your question, Google approached us and basically says, we're ready to expand now and we'd like to come into the city. And so obviously where that's a big benefit for Springville is the fact that private enterprise is doing what city councils up till now have hoped they would do, which is of their own accord, Mm. Google Fiber is coming under their own business model as a private enterprise to build a fiber optic network in the community. So there's really no involvement by the city other than the fact that the fiber is going into city right away for which Google Fiber will pay a license fee. So the city's really going to get the benefit of a big investment on the part of a private company and they'll get the service that, that, that they offer and no business risk and no debt to the city. Yeah, I was going to emphasize that. That's no debt to the city. Right. Made it possible for them to come. Well, let's uh, maybe take a moment and just talk a little bit about how they, when they're supposed to start, maybe an idea of when they should be completed, and then maybe give an idea to the citizens what's going to be available to them. So have they given you a timetable at all, or the city a timetable? Yeah, so in terms of the timetable, they're moving fairly quickly. Um, I believe they've got uh, permit requests in with our engineering department, and those are being worked on right now. I believe construction could begin as early as next week. Um, I would anticipate with what they've told us in terms of the speed of construction that they plan to do, which once they're fully ramped up could be upwards of one mile of fiber cable laid per day, which is pretty aggressive. Um, on a city street, that's on a, a city long street. way. It is a long way. Um there's 160, 170 miles of city streets. So you can kind of do the math there, 160, 180 working days 
Plus, obviously, we've got some other work besides just laying cable. But they're projecting right now that they'll be complete with construction in the first quarter of 2023. Um, and they'll likely start at the north end of town because that would be the natural extension of their existing infrastructure in mm-hmm. Provo. Um, but I think you could anticipate seeing the first customers in Springville coming online probably by early summer uh, of this year. So it's moving pretty quickly. And we haven't been given, I don't think, um, real specifics on the types of offerings they're going to have, but I would anticipate they would be like what they have in other cities. So a variety of um, packages that they've got in terms of services and speeds that are available. But I think it's not uncommon for 250 megabit per second half a gig, a full gig would be offered and available to to citizens in the city, which should provide more than enough internet connectivity for anything you do in your home. So do the citizens have to sign up with Google? They don't. This is completely uh, a private enterprise. It'll be made available. And I think probably the best, uh, in my opinion anyway, one of the best uh, advantages to Google Fiber coming into Springville is it just enhances the marketplace for telecommunications offerings. So you'll have other providers that will probably have to compete on price. So you may see some price reductions or at least things leveling out. You may see improved service because generally speaking in the marketplaces that we see in our mm-hmm. capitalistic society, the more players you have in the marketplace, the more competitive prices become and the more home the services become. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't see downsides to Google Fiber coming into Springville. And if you choose not to go with Google Fiber, likely you'll have a better offering from whoever your current provider is. Well, at least that's the hope. That's what we're trying to to provide for the citizens an opportunity to have not only a competitive price, but a very good product too. Well, almost without question in the other cities that have implemented fiber optic uh, networks, the competitors have stepped up and prices either reduce or at least hold steady and service offerings become better. So I don't see any reason that Springville would be any different than that. Well, I just think that that's a, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity for the citizens uh, for Google fiber to come to town and you just heard it from Bruce to where he's mentioned how competitive it will be also for other people who provide the internet services in town to be looking at their not only their product offerings, but also their their uh, fees that they're charging. So anyway, we appreciate the chance. Uh, Bruce, thank you take, uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank Anytime. you. Thank you. It's a busy time here at the city as we gear up for Art City Days. This year's event is going to be bigger and better than ever before. And if you've experienced Art City Days in the past, you know that that's no small accomplishment. Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, we're interested in what you want to know, what questions you have. Um, There are a number of ways you can reach out to us, including our YouTube channel, our social media pages. You can fill a contact form on our website. We're interested in what you want to know about, and please leave us a review if you have a minute. A big thanks to Mayor Matt Packard and our finance director and assistant city administrator, Bruce Riddle, for taking the time to be on this episode. Have an excellent day.